Faden. Cut to. Exterior. Interior. Restaurant. Bar. Club. Day. Night. What's going on, everyone? I'm Monis Rose. This is Restaurant Fiction, and we're about to take a deep dive into the diner featured in Barry Levinson's film, Diner. It's called the Fells Point Diner, and we're talking to diner extraordinaire and host of the fantastic podcast, On Location, with Jared Cowan, which is none other than Jared Cowan. Here's our review of the Fells Point Diner and our interview with Jared. Go. Guys, imagine this. It's one, two in the morning, and you want to smell the smells of a city. And what you get in terms of that olfactory sense is a smell of burnt hash browns. And if you follow that trail, like a trail of breadcrumbs, it will lead you to the Baltimore greasy spoon called Fells Point Diner. Now, let me tell you a little bit about Fells Point Diner. This is not your run-of-the-mill, farm-to-table, gentrified, millennial, whatever. This is a place where you could have any kind of color of collar. Your color can be a, a rainbow of colors, a collar, mm, collar colors. Anyway, you don't have to wear a color, uh, collar at all when you walk in. This is a place that stands the test of time. It's a place where it doesn't matter if the waitress knows your name or not. She's going to call you honey. And even if you say, take that, um, if you are too sensitive in this politically correct environment, trust me, she calls everyone honey. Everyone is honey. Kind of like babe. Because of that, you're not going to be judged when you walk in. The only time, I guess, when you will be judged is if you decide to eat every single menu item. And even when that happens, all you'll get is a round of applause. What attracts people to the diner? It's cheap. Free refills of coffee. Fries with gravy, which we'll get to in a moment. What are people talking about? They're talking about first dates. They're talking about... Are they going to get laid or not? Which is usually men busting each other's balls. And there's even, you know, the uh, unusual wise guy in the booth. It's a place where you break bread. All right, let's get to the fries and gravy. That's really what you get at the Fells Point Diner. The Kennebics, which are the potato, they're crisp and unusually consistently golden. They're... Not the size of a steak fry, but not the size of a McDonald's fry. It's like that nice Goldilocks perfection with just a little bit of skin to make sure you know that they actually come from a potato. If you don't know what to get, guess what? It's a diner. It's a Baltimore diner. Just say the usual. Even if you don't even have a usual yet, it'll become whatever you order the usual. Just say the usual. And if... uh. 
piece of pie with an extra layer of cheddar cheese on top, that would that's what you get. That would become your usual. If you order a roast beef that you don't want to share, but you end up sharing it anyway, that will become your usual. So anyway, what is though the main reason what attracts you, what attracts us at Restaurant Fiction back and back to Fell's Point Diner? Well, we could say it's the food and we could say it's the ambience and the conversation. But you know, what really attracts us is waiting for our song to play on that miniature jukebox sitting on our table while drinking a tepid cup of coffee. And like we said earlier, breaking bread with your fellow neighbors, regardless if you like them or not, you still respect them because we at Restaurant Fiction feel that is a lost art in today's society. So long live Fells Point Diner. All right, Jerry, that was our little quick review. What do you have to add? What do you uh, have to share? What is your review of Fells Point Diner from the, the fictional diner from the movie Diner directed by Barry Levinson? Well, I would say uh, certainly some of the things that you touched on, of course, the fries and gravy, the roast beef sandwich, the conversation um, between people are certainly very important points of the Fells Point Diner. And diners in generally, whether it's back in the 50s or now, um, I guess the only thing I might point out that maybe I, I maybe I disagree slightly with is just the idea of being um judged when you are in the fells point diner and i mean i get i think what you said is true that you're not judged you know unless maybe you order a certain thing on the menu is true for kind of a certain group of people and what i mean by that is white males <laughs> you know i mean the, the 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 diner in the whole movie is filled with just white men Okay. And, you know, I think it's important to point out that, you know, this movie takes place in 1959. You do not see African Americans in the Fells Point Diner. You do not even see women in the Fells Point Diner, except for the waitress Flo, Florence. So you could be judged, I guess, depending on who you are um, at the Fells Point Diner. And I just think those are important things to to point out, you know, and I think Barry Levinson is, um, you know, look, he grew up in Baltimore, grew up going to a, a place called the Hilltop Diner, I believe. And that's sort of what Fells Point is is based on. And, you know, it's it's certainly, though it's not addressed directly in Diner, it's certainly there. It, this idea that it is a certain group of people in the diner, um, I think you can see as you go through as you go through the movie. First of all, uh, thank you for sharing that, you know, and uh, us at Restaurant Fiction, we never lived in Baltimore. We've actually have not uh, visited it either, but we have done research and um, some of our guests are from Baltimore and they, and even just from the movies we watch, we feel there is in a way two types of Baltimore. There is like a John Waters Baltimore or right. there is a wire Baltimore. And, and, um, we spoke with one of our guests who lives, and it is in a way a, a white and black divide. So maybe um, it is what, without speaking with Barry Levinson, maybe this is that white side of Baltimore. But of course, in 1959, I'm sure it was a little bit more uh, segregated than today. Yeah, of course. And I mean, 
you know, the interesting thing about Diner and Barry Levinson, and I'm also a big John Waters fan, and I think you're right. You know, these are two different representations of Baltimore and certainly, uh, you know, The Wire as well. And the interesting thing to point out about Barry Levinson is that he has sort of, you know, like there's this Marvel Cinematic Universe. There's almost like the Barry Levinson Baltimore universe because, you know, he has his movies Tin Men and Liberty Heights, which are also in Baltimore and also have scenes at the Fells Point, the fictional Fells Point Diner. And the things that are sort of um, just kind of pervading in in diner, you know, where you do not see African-American people in the diner, you do not see women in the diner, are actually directly referenced in those other two movies. You know, there's a scene in Tin Men where the characters who are aluminum siding salesmen are sitting in the Fells Point Diner, and one of the characters says to another, you know, it wasn't too long ago that you didn't see a woman in here, you know? And Tin Men takes place a few years after Diner. Liberty Heights, on the other hand, takes place a few years before Diner, and they're in they're in the Fells Point Diner. And though it's not necessarily referenced in scenes shot in the diner, Liberty Heights directly takes on issues of race and religion, things that he does not address directly in Diner. Not to say that he needed to in Diner, you know, he's he's doing something specific uh, there without directly referencing it. But I think it's important to look at all of his work. That revolve that all have scenes in the Fells Point Diner. So in a way, we could just say, like, if we were going to make all three of those features into a series, we could call it the Fells Point Diner series. We could show really? the arc. There's almost like a story arc in just the Fells Point Diner. 100%. There are crossover characters. I mean, Tin Man, it is the same waitress and the same manager that are in Diner, in Tin Man. So, and, and the guy, uh, what's the character? He's sort of, I can't remember his name offhand in Diner, the guy who helps Mickey Rourke's betting, you know, the money to the bookie, Bagel. That's the character's name, Bagel. He's in Tin Men also. So there's definitely crossover through this world. Excellent, excellent. And, you know, bringing it back to Diner, what matters most to you about the Fells Point Diner? Like, why does it carry even resonance today? Well, you know, I think there's always this kind of nostalgia for 50s, maybe early 60s kind of aesthetic. You know, you have the chrome exterior. You have, like you mentioned, the jukeboxes on the table, which, you know, now you find in places like Mel's Diner, you know, here in L.A. or other sort of throwback 50s diners. Um, you have the, the countertop stool system. Um, so I think those things always stand out in people's minds. And I think it's especially important to know when this movie was made. You know, Barry Levinson was born in 1942. And so he was 40 years old when he made this movie. So now all of a sudden you have a group of filmmakers, not just Barry Levinson, all people of that generation who are now old enough to kind of tell stories about what they remember growing up. And it's not just that, but the 80s actually saw this kind of like resurgence in 50s, an interest in 50s culture, right? You had like novelty candies coming back, novelty toys, and then you have all these diners, right? You have Johnny Rockets popping up. You have like Ed DeBevix. You have all these places that are like throwback. So, you know, you have people like Barry Levinson's age, maybe even a little younger, who now have families of their own. 
and want to show their families they have money to spend on this stuff, you know, now and they want to show their families kind of things that they grew up with. Um, and I still think that pervades even to this day. And let's just like face it, this the aesthetic of a 50s diner just stands out in a contemporary society. Did Barry Levinson, in your opinion, get the diner right? Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, look, of course, I'm not I didn't grow up in that era. But from the diners that I've been to and that I've seen, in, you know, other films and I absolutely, you know, and he would know he would know best. You know, I mean, like I said, he grew up going to a diner in northwest Baltimore that actually when they went to make the movie was turned into a liquor store by that point. So they couldn't I think they even thought about using that place, but they couldn't. And they actually found a diner in a diner graveyard in New Jersey that they shipped, they brought from New Jersey to Baltimore to the spot where you see it in in the movie. So obviously he had a very specific look um, and what he wanted to do inside that made it important enough to go out and get a, a diner sitting in a lot somewhere and ship it to Baltimore. So I definitely think he got it right. Excellent. All right. So besides, uh, make sure I want to make sure that I'm getting your credits right. Besides being a yeah. journalist and a writer, you're also a photographer. Am I right? And yes. you specialize in shooting locations of films. Yeah, I write a lot about. So yeah, I want to make it clear. I'm not a location manager at all. Okay. I, I, I have worked in the industry a little bit, but I'm not a location manager. My passion, um, I've always loved filming locations since I was a little kid, visiting them, uh, whatnot. I, um, I love filming locations so much. I, you know, I proposed to my wife on the steps of the Philadelphia Museum of Art from Rocky, you know, and like I said, I'm from the Philly area. So that was kind of an important thing. Um, but yeah, I, I love finding out the stories about locations, why places were chosen, um, the thought process uh, that went into picking places. So I love writing about those things. I love talking to location professionals, you know, certainly directors and production designers and cinematographers, but, you know, especially location professionals, because they're the ones that, you know, we find these places to be iconic because of how our attachments that we made to them in a movie or a TV show. And more often, most often, Location professionals were the first people to find these places. And I don't think they always get the credit. You know, a lot of times credit goes to the director, right? You know, that's just what we associate it with. But, you know, location professionals are responsible for so much of what we remember from a movie. And that's important to me. And then, yes, I love photographing these places as well. Excellent. Now, in your in your conversations and um, with of the location professionals and also with your own experience, uh, what what's needed to find the perfect restaurant or the perfect diner in a film? Yeah, I mean, just from talking to people, I mean, there's, I mean, there's so many things that go into any location. Um, when you're talking about a diner, of course, there are things that you want to know. Of course, like first of all, what time period is this taking in? What type of what type of diner um, does somebody want? Uh, where it's located? Because, like I said, you know, L.A. or Southern California may have a very specific type of coffee shop diner look than somewhere in the Northeast. Um, so that's certainly one thing. But I think even beyond that, and talking with the production designer. 
you know, having some familiarity about what doctor wants to do inside that diner, because as you can probably see from the Fells Point Diner and Diner, it's not big, right? It's a, it's a small place, which means what are you going to do with the camera? You know, how much flexibility do you have to move around this place? And in diner, it's sort of perfect that you don't necessarily move around that much because these guys are sitting at a table, right? It, because it's tight, you have the opportunity to get in tight with your camera on characters, you know, but do you have a director that likes to move around the camera a lot? You know, so that's a, a whole other thing that I think you need to keep in to con- take into consideration. Now, you already gave us uh, what you're ordering at diners, but you know, you can uh, you can keep to diners, or you can keep to restaurants in general. What is uh, the Jared Cowan restaurant and diner tour of LA? You, so you're taking <laughs> restaurant fiction. Where are we going? Uh, you can go breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Just give us your faves or go tos. Yeah, I mean, it, I, I think for me, just because of my love of locations, I'd have to go to some places that are locations. You know, I'd have to go. You know, I think what I'd really like to show people again is that uh, um, I think the 101 coffee shop from Swingers is really wonderful. Although it's changed, it's been uh, renovated since they made Swingers quite a bit, but it still has that kind of uh, sick, you know mid-century look to it. And I think that's a great place. One place I, I think I'd love to show people is, and I don't know if we'll eat there or not, but one place is downtown Los Angeles is a restaurant called Cicada. And Cicada was the fine dining restaurant in Pretty Woman, where she has the scene with the snails, right? The snail, the shell, you know, flies away. It was called something different at the time. But what's interesting about that place is it's also the inspiration for the lobby in American Horror Story Hotel. So that season, they modeled, they built, you know, that's all a set, but they basically modeled, basically copied the restaurant um, for the lobby of the hotel. And actually the owner of the restaurant bought from the production some chandeliers that were created for the set and he brought them to the restaurant. And those are hanging in the restaurant right now. Yeah, so if you ever get to go to Cicada in downtown LA, again, just to even pop in and look at it, you are going to be blown away. Now it's, it, I mean, it's, I guess, a restaurant. It's a little bit more of a club. They do a lot of like 1940s kind of like swing night type things with big band stuff there. It's super cool. Um, so those are probably like, you know, a couple of the places I just really love to show people. Jared, where can everyone find you? Uh, where can you be found and all that? And Yeah. Uh, well, uh, if people are interested in my podcast about filming locations, you know, I interview people, I interview industry people about the movies they worked on, on site at the locations from that particular movie. So you can find that at onlocationpodcast.com. I do tours of filming locations. Of course, that's been you know, affected pandemic, of course, has affected that um, quite a bit. And also, you know, Jared Cowan photography.com. I'm on Twitter. I'm on Instagram. So uh, uh, all those links are on the websites. And what's, uh, what's the podcast again called? It's well, the podcast itself is on location with Jared Cowan and the link to the website is on location podcast.com. Jared, thank you. Thank you for everything. Thank you for teaching me. I, I've learned what boogie architecture means. Uh, never heard of that. And 
for all of you either living in Los Angeles want to visit Los Angeles, that architecture is still around and it is fantastic. I mean, there are some old diners and buildings condemned and not that look like they're from the Jetsons. It's pretty cool. Anyway, like Jared said, if you want to know more about him, his podcast, his tours, and how awesome of a guy he is, go to his website, onlocationpodcast.com. You'll get all of his socials. Obviously, he said he's on Twitter. He's on Instagram. It's all there. As for us at Restaurant Fiction, all of our episodes are here. Rate, review us. Give us a shout out. Uh, If you want uh, to comment of what your best part was, what was missing on either this episode or any previous episodes, let us know. We're still always improving. We're never perfect, and that is okay. That's just how life is. It's how we roll. All right. Once again, I'm Monis Rose. And as always, keep it real, keep it fresh, and keep it on the flip side. Cut to. Exterior. Interior. Restaurant. Bar. Club. Day. Night. 